Fantasy Focus Football is presented by Geico. As we say hello and welcome, switch to Geico and see all the ways you could save. It's Friday, November 11th. It is Veterans Day. A special thank you to all those who have served, who are currently serving, and even those that will one day serve our great country. We gave a little tribute to Daniel yesterday. Mm-hmm. Certainly your father, Shout Stefania, one of the great, great Americans you'll ever meet. in the Air Force during the Korean War. I'm so yeah. proud of my daddy. Mm-hmm. He's still hanging in there at 91 years old. Papa Bell, who is an all-time great, great man mm-hmm. and a fighter. His strength is unparalleled. We know that uh, he has been powering through it this year, <laughs> Stefania. And certainly the love that you share for him is a big reason why he has made it as far as he has. Uh, a big day today, as always, we do a little bit of a preview, which we give you the lineup blocks, we give you the players that are question marks, both because of injury and also because of just, well, whether they're good enough or not. We're going to begin our show, though, Mike, with a Thursday Night Football recap. Nah. <laughs> do we have to, is the question. Do we have to we talk about this we game? we talk about something else? I know. Oh so uh, this, is a, this is amazing. We could do punter projections. We could do that, yes. That would be more. Like, that we would could be, just go through the punters. You keep trying. Be, I okay. listened to yesterday's show. There are now... There is at least one team, I think two, that if, maybe not, but there's at least one last place team in its own division that would be first place in the NFC South. The Carolina Panthers going into last night's game, going into last night's game, there's still nine weeks left, obviously, going into last night, last night's game, were two and seven. And they would have been the number two overall pick in the NFL draft if the season had anything yesterday, which it didn't, of course. Now, after beating the Atlanta Falcons, <laughs> 25 to 15 could be just one game out of first place in the NFC South and literally fighting for wow. their playoff lives. What? A, this is like the That's NFC awful. East a couple of years yeah, ago. This is like the is. NFC West back in the season when the Seahawks won seven, eight and one and then won a playoff game. What a wild, wild, wild NFC South we have on our hands. It was like it, it was a game full of just ugliness. There were there were turnovers. There yeah. were missed extra points. There were. Baker Mayfield headbutting yeah, with no helmet on. on. <laughs> Don't serious. ever do this. I, I, Moment I of seriousness. It. Like, come on. With all the attention on the head injuries in uh-huh. football and you're headbutting players with helmets and you don't have one on. Be better. I, I, I literally thought, like, you know, WWE, right? Like that's as we call, like sports entertainment, right. right? Like you see headbutts all the time, but there's like a there's a there's a method to that, right? It's you're not actually headbutting right. the person that you are wrestling. I didn't know if Baker was going WWE style last night or if he was just being a maniac and actually <laughs> making contact here. Either way, even even if he hadn't, and he definitely did. I believe me. Oh yeah, he's given what contact. I do. I watched it a lot of times, and I'm thinking, not only is it not bright for your own self, but it's a terrible look when the league is is mm. really paying attention to head injuries. So Optics anyway, yeah. I digress. But the whole game was a disaster. All right, so the Panthers do win 25-15, and credit to them. i got to give a lot of credit to Steve Wilkes, their interim head coach, just oh, having yeah. this team fighting, competing, what it felt like maybe they're headed Foreman. for the tank, who was awesome. <laughs> so let's get into some fantasy takeaways. Marcus Mariota was kind of fine, Mike. He sort of, this was a very Marcus Mariota night, in the sense that, like, the ceiling isn't massive, the floor can be okay, a disastrous first half turned into a respectable second half. So you just described like 20 quarterbacks this season, right? <laughs> that's, point, I mean, yeah. that's like, oh, that's what we're dealing with right now. You'll take 17 fantasy points sure will, yeah. for sure out of your quarterback. You're right. He's not giving you much as a passer under 200 passing yards in seven straight games, but add some value with his legs here. And he's been over 17 fantasy points with four of his last six games. So right. again, when you're dealing with guys like Rodgers and Brady and Stafford and Russell Wilson, you'll take this, right? So he just continues to be a viable streaming option. 
And the running backs last night were a disaster for Atlanta. I'm sorry if you heard any of that. I really am sorry because mm-hmm. they do run the football a ton. The problem was last night they didn't run the ball nearly enough. And when they did, it was largely ineffective as Cordero Patterson managed just three fantasy points. But at least he didn't have minus 17 receiving yards, <laughs> yeah. Mike. Tyler Algier <laughs> did. And that is uh, it was a historic night for him. It was. He, it was, uh, more time. he was the first guy to have a number that low in terms of receiving yards with three plus catches since 1995. Chris Warren, ninety-five. Chris Warren and Cut minus twenty-four. Cut to Chris 24. Warren, who's like, thank God, I'm I know, out of right? The record books now. Well, no, he's still number one, but uh, Algiers, I think, <laughs> oh, fourth on that all-time list now. Yeah. So, I don't even know how that happens, but we yeah. we saw it happen in this one. Yeah. Uh, by the way, they use four running backs in this game. Avery, Avery Williams, Williams Caleb Hundley, yeah, like yeah. he's like their he, Avery Williams is their two-minute back. Yeah, Tyler Algier and and Cordell Patterson seem to split the early duties, and then Caleb Huntley just gives the guys a breather because. Apparently, when you're only playing 20 snaps a game, you need a breather at some point. I don't know. It is just a bizarre wasteland right now, or was last night for that Atlanta backfield. Though we do need to get Patterson full-time on kickoffs because he looks so close to breaking like three of them, right? He's just awesome. Three for 85, and he is, of course, one of the most decorated kickoff return men in NFL history. Drake London had a touchdown. That was good. Actually, a decent night here for Drake London. Five catches, six (laughs) targets, 38 yards. So the yards aren't there. He did find the end zone, though, so I'll take that. I mean, found enough yards to get me a prop bet. Hey, uh, did he? (laughs) Yeah. But the problem is that like the prop bet's so low that he has know, 38 yards and you're winning prop here's bets. Here's what happens when you know that there's not going to be a lot of great fantasy production is you go over and you make the prop bets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's what you do. And, and and good to see him pay off in the end zone there. You yep. know, the thing about with, with London though, is that like, if I told you Drake London, this uber talented eighth overall pick was going to have at least six targets a game. You'd say to yourself, like, I'll take that. Yeah. Right. He now has at least six targets in seven straight games, Mike. It just, this passing offense is one of the least efficient, least prolific, least impressive in the entire league. That's right. And part of that is just volume base. They just continue to run the ball and they don't have a great passing quarterback. And, yeah. uh, you know, to your, to put a number on it, London's been under 55 yards in eight straight games. And that was his first touchdown since week three. Yeah. So <sighs> the message here is you cannot feel confident going forward. In fact, maybe there's a window to try to move him this week off a, a bounce back game. Uh, he's super talented and his future is bright. You could see that when they throw him the football, but this offense is just crushing his value. We've that's nothing new. We've known this for weeks. It's the same thing with Kyle Pitts. And again, if the Bucks lose on Sunday to the Seahawks, which seems like a reasonable thing, by the way, yeah. this division, the Falcons will still be in first place. Mm-hmm. They're not going to change their formula overnight. And after the game, Arthur Smith was committed to Marcus Mariota over uh, Desmond Ritter as the starting quarterback going forward. By the way, we haven't seen Desmond. We don't know that Desmond Ritter is a decided passing upgrade over Marcus Mariota. I believe that could be the case. I don't know it to be a fact. Yeah, I felt like you were going to say something. I was, I was just going to say for the people who were like, let's see him last night. It would have been unfair to put him in last oh, night, rain, right? You know, so I mind, think coming yeah. in in a bad situation in the rain, that's a no win. So I totally understand that in, in the moment of the game. But, yeah, oh, boy, it, it's like they don't deserve first place. You know, when you withhold a first yeah. place, <laughs> they don't deserve to get first place I mean, at the end of the year. It's just ridiculous. Four mm-hmm. and six and could be in first place at the end of the game. Uh, we don't need to do the, the Kyle Pitts thing. It's it's, it's like a, it's like a bad comedy same, bit, yeah, right? It, it really is. Really. He had eight targets last night. Here's my only thought. This is a crazy thought. And this is not something that I would have ever imagined that I would be saying. I miss 2021 Kyle Pitts, <laughs> right? The guy who didn't catch touchdowns because at least he got catches and at least he got yards. All offseason, we lamented the fact that he only had one touchdown last year. It didn't even come on American soil. He had never <laughs> caught a touchdown in front of his Falcons fans. He had over 1,000 yards. He had the second most yards by a rookie receiving tight end, a rookie tight end, since Mike Ditka, or I believe Mike Ditka is the only player ever ahead of him as a rookie amongst all tight ends. The sky was seemingly the limits for 
our friend Kyle Pitts. I miss 2021 20, Kyle Pitts. I <laughs> really do. do. I mean, yeah. and the, the targets were once again there, but that passing game is that, very that difficult. That felt like your send off. Yeah. Like I'm done yeah. with him now. That wow. felt like we had so much hope early in the season <laughs> and we tried to manifest things and it worked for a week, maybe two weeks. Yeah. But now I feel like you've just, that's it. I'm done. Yeah. I just, I just I think that um, like in redraft leagues, it's not like there are a bunch of other players you're going to go ahead and drop him for. Yeah. Uh, in keeper leagues or di- dynasty leagues, obviously, we. He, I really do believe that when they have a quarterback in place who is a much more formidable mm-hmm. passer, the Atlanta Falcons offense will look like what you'd expect it to look like with Kyle Pitts and Drake London and whoever else they add. How long will that take? And, but Savanya, that might be 2024. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think this is going to be one of the most fascinating offseason conversations is how do we place Kyle Pitts yeah, and in by 2023? The way, yeah, I, I hear you. It could be next year. You know, I... <laughs> Sure. Yeah, we, I think we're uh, really wired to kind of like Ritter and Willis and these guys because for a while they were viewed as potential first round picks. But when quarterbacks go on day two, late day yeah. two and day three, their odds of panning out are right. very, very slim. So uh, we've seen address- Willis now. He's thrown the ball like three times in two games. For exactly. The so and you get the sense of. Exactly. My point, though, is they might bring in a pocket quarterback next year. It might not be a great one, but it could be someone right. who's the 20th best quarterback in the league. But they throw it. They stand yeah, in the pocket. We'll right. I don't yeah. know who that is. Someone Jimmy like Jimmy Garoppolo. G and that yeah. kind of, exactly. Someone yeah. in that sort of range. And that would be fine. That You'd would help. We'd feel Jimmy much better. Right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We would feel much better about Pitts in that situation. Uh, the Panthers fairly straightforward here. Another big night for Deontay Foreman. 31 carries. 31 for Deontay Foreman, who backed up Derrick Henry last year. Had a very Derrick Henry-like workload last night. 19 fantasy points as he had 130 rushing yards and a touchdown. One thing that seems clear to me, maybe it's because of the health, maybe just because of his performance, but... When uh, they first traded away Christian McCaffrey, it was, hey, it's going to be Deontay Foreman and Chuba Hubbard. Mm-hmm. It's Deontay Foreman right now. It's his show. Yeah, yeah really. in fact, go ahead. I was just going to say, we, Chuba Hubbard said he was going to play, so I expected him to do a little bit more. Yeah. And it's hard for me to know if they were still just concerned about that, but you would think he would have to earn his way back to more carries, um, and it's hard to do that if you're not getting on the field. Yeah, that first game, uh, Hubbard was essentially the lead back until he got hurt in the fourth quarter. Right. But, you know, the thought was, he didn't show as a rookie that he was very good, right? Yeah. Foreman has shown that he's pretty good in the last year. Yeah. Going back to last, last year, and he was replacing Derrick Henry. Yeah. And I think he's kind of taken control of that backfield mm. with his play. Agreed. So, in fact, Raheem Blackshear was next up, yep. and he had a nice run too early yeah, in that game. So, uh, I think for now, you could feel comfortable starting Foreman, but Hubbard's role probably going to increase a little bit. I still think, though, Foreman should be a 15 carry, one or two target kind of guy. Yeah. Well, we, you hope one or two targets because yeah, zero in the passing game yeah. last night. I just think that, and we talked about this yesterday on the show. In games in which you think Carolina can hang tough and have a, a neutral game script where they can actually run the football, they will be committed to doing so, mm-hmm. and Deontay Foreman will be the guy. If they're playing a team where you think it could be maybe not 35 to nothing like last week, but they could be down 14 at halftime, maybe fade Deontay Foreman or sure. at least devalue him for that week. The passing game, 101 passing yards for P.J. Walker last night. So not much from the wide receivers. Four catches for 29 yards for D.J. Moore. Uh, the actually the leading receiver, if you well, almost the leading receiver was LaVisca Chenault, mm-hmm. who took this yeah. swing pass that was ruled a run. I guess there's a world in which they could potentially overturn that in stat corrections next week and it could be counted as a pass, but a forty five yard swing run for LaVisca Chenault was the big play for the Carolina Panthers offense last night. But they're gonna win if they do based off of running the football and playing good defense. All right, that was kind of a meaty recap. Let's get into some previews. Game Four teams, one and buys. Say game previews. We got Bengals, Patriots, Jets, and Ravens all on a buy this week. We begin in what could be 
could be the most interesting game of the weekend, but there is a major injury. The locks for Bills and Vikings, Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawkinson, Stephon Diggs, and Josh Allen with a big asterisk next to Josh Allen's name. As Stefania, there is no bigger injury question mark going into this weekend than Josh Allen. Where do we think this one is heading? You don't say. I haven't heard hardly a thing about no, it this no, week. First time talking about it. <laughs> no, I think, uh, look, I think they're showing us that he's not likely to play because he hasn't been out there, but they're going to keep everybody guessing until the end. Friday practice, obviously a big deal if we hear that Josh Allen is not available at practice. But I would be surprised if he plays just given the nature of the injury and the fact that uh, he's been out on the field, apparently very involved, but you really do want complete symptom resolution. Not just that you want the quarterback to be able to throw the ball, not once, not five times, but the number of times you would expect him to be able to throw through four quarters of a game without provoking this thing. So yeah, um, I'd be surprised if we saw him. Uh, uh, head coach Sean McDermott does a, sun, a Friday morning radio show. Uh, he often gives injury updates. I think it actually takes place during the 10 a.m. hours. We might find we, we might, might find, find out, out that Josh Allen is mm-hmm. unlikely to play or out for Sunday. Let's plan on that one though, Mike. Uh, and let me get before we ask, before I ask you about what it means for the Bills' offense, skill players in a week in which we might not have Josh Allen, we might not have Kyler Murray, we don't have Lamar Jackson, we don't have Joe Burrow. We've got guys who have been struggling all season. Kirk Cousins might be a reasonable alternative, mm-hmm. but is this a week you really want to do that? That's, that feels like tempting fate. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, you might not have a choice. I do him fifteenth on my board, so he's a borderline uh, streaming option. Four straight games is the top twelve. Fantasy quarterback, which is good. Uh, but to your point, Bill's third fewest fantasy points allowed to that position. Only one quarterback has even reached 16 fantasy points against them. That was some guy named Patrick Mahomes, who's pretty mm-hmm. darn good. So he is. Uh, I would avoid, if possible, I think you do have some other streaming options. I'll say like Daniel Jones, Jimmy Garoppolo, kind of lead the list and are available in about 50 to 70% of ESPN League. So you probably yep. have better options. Uh, as far as the pass catchers go in Minnesota, because this tough matchup, Mike, would you be fading Adam Thielen, who's been the volume king of late for them? He has, and I think he might be okay. Uh, I'm, I'm curious to see if Tredavious White appears in this game. I think it's, it's a, possible. Yeah, I, yeah I he's, can't get a read on it, though. He's been really close. Uh, that might help them out a little bit, but I would imagine he, he'd be limited. Um, I think there's something here just based on the volume Thielen sees. I have him ranked 30th this week, so definitely a flex option. Seven or more targets in seven straight games and his five top 30s during that span. So he's been pretty good. Uh, again, borderline streamer, not as appealing as usual, but still fine. You know who's kind of camouflaging this year is Devin Singletary. And you're like, what yeah. is he camouflaging as? And it's like, he's just sort of finding his way to not be dominant enough that we're talking about him in a super positive light, but our expectations coming into the year were so, I think, sort of pedestrian for Devin Singletary because the Bills have often leaned on the pass and not the run. But believe it or not, he has single-digit carries in five of his eight games this year. He has zero rushing touchdowns, and he has one top-20 finish since week three. We've got him outside our top-20 this week. It's not that the Vikings run defense is like this dominant force that you have to avoid, but just feels like... Because of the way the Bills play offense and because of the fact that they now have multiple backs that they can lean upon, maybe Naheem Hines has an even Mm -hmm. bigger role this week. It's hard to feel like Devin Singletary is a player you have to play every single Sunday. Yeah, I think best case scenario for Singletary is a two-man backfield where he's the primary rusher with a couple targets and then 
Neem Hines as the primary pass catch. That's probably best case scenario. But we also saw four carries and four targets from James Cook last week. So right. this could be a three headed attack. Yeah. And we've been frustrated with that with Denver and Washington and, yeah. you know, New England over the years, you know, pick an offense. So right. uh, I definitely have some concerns there about him sustaining even potentially flex value. Yeah. Good for real life. Not so good for yeah. fantasy. No life. doubt. No doubt. Uh, Gabe Davis might just, if it is Case Keenum, does it really move the needle in terms of how you value Gabe Davis? Like my argument would be, and I, I'd be curious where you land on this one is, He's already up and down with Josh Allen. Yeah. If he's up and down with Josh Allen, part of that is certainly that Josh Allen has this incredible arm that he can just chuck it 60 yards down the field and Gabe Davis might catch it. But it's a testament to the fact that his target share rarely surpasses 20%. Just kind of the nature of the beast here with Gabe Davis. I have him as wide receiver 27. If Josh Allen's ruled out, maybe he goes down to like wide receiver 31 at worst, but not much lower yeah. than that. He will drop for me. I'm not, you know, Keith Keenum a little more conservative than Allen and they'll probably, they probably won't throw it as much too. So <laughs> it could be a four target game, but you know, you know, with him, it could be one fifty-two yard touchdown and you're right. golden. Right. So right. I tend to agree. He'll be downgraded. I'd be, I'd be less likely to start him. No doubt about it. Maybe try to avoid, but he has that boom bust potential for sure. Let's get to the Broncos and the Titans. This game is being played in Tennessee with the Broncos coming off their bye. Our list of locks is, well, quite short. It might include a king, though, as Derrick Henry has been awesome once again this year. He feels like just right there in the mix for the most valuable players in all of fantasy. He's RB6 on our board this week with a projection north of 17.5 fantasy points. No injuries here, Stefan. Yes, Russell Wilson's not even on the injury report. Uh, it's amazing. He's had two like very threatening injuries, and he's not even on the injury report. I will say this. K.J. Hamler, I think, is unlikely to play because of a hamstring injury. Went from a little practice Wednesday to not practicing on Thursday, so it's one less receiver available. High knee to the trick. Is that what it is? High knees on the plane. If you ever feel like you ever hung over, <laughs> if you ever have like a massive injury, you just do high knees on the plane, and you are back to life within moments there. Broncos so running backs, Mike, you mm-hmm. have a choice. You can play none of them or one of them. What's your choice? None of them. If I had to pick one, Melvin Gordon is the flex, but I don't want any part of this. Remember, they, this is not the same backfield as two weeks ago. Chase Edmonds <laughs> is here, and this could very well be a three-headed attack. And the thing that worries me about Gordon is when we last saw them, Latavius Murray uh, had the edge as the ball carrier. Melvin Gordon kind of dominated the pass routes. Well, what if Chase Edmonds takes on that passing down work? Where does yeah. that leave Melvin Gordon? So major concerns there with this backfield. Avoid if you can. Now, let's see whether one of them is inactive this week. Maybe it's Marlon Mack, but they do Probably. still have Marlon Mack yeah. on the roster. Oh. But I mean, if, if there's a surprise inactive, somebody to keep an yeah. eye on for Sunday. It's not a whole lot better for wide receivers, Michael, though at the beginning of the season, it looked like Cortland Sutton had become the go-to wide receiver. Of late, it feels like Jerry Judy. Judy now the preferred target amongst these Broncos pass catchers. Yeah, by the way, I think like after week four or five, I sat in that chair and was like, Field, I'll give you this one. You were right. I was wrong. Now I'd like to reverse that. I know <laughs> no longer feel that way. It feels like I'm winning this one now. So I think that was a board bet. So I we'll wanted to, to. Was it? I think, we made, board I think bet? we made that board bet in the offseason. Okay. Yeah, Sutton versus Judy. So I wonder how many. Yeah, I mean, it's probably so we'll fairly close, right? Yeah, I think Judy's up like 10 points or yeah. something. It's close, it's a, but uh yeah. I was just going to say the whole Denver offense has been know, such a, it's all over the place. Like throw a dart. Unfathomable. Kendall, Kendall it's Hinton. unfathomable. Yeah. Watch Kendall Hitton now. Like yeah. he'll lead the way the rest of the way. You don't, <laughs> totally you don't know. Right. right? Like right. you don't know. Uh, but yeah, Judy holds a 25 to 16 target edge over the past three games. And he's been pretty good. I mean, seven plus targets and four straight. He has four top 20 outings this season. And uh, it's a good matchup. Tennessee's allowed the third most fantasy points to receivers. So I like Judy gets the edge. Now I have him 26. He's a flat. He's the better flex option or a wide receiver three Sutton, just a few spots ahead. He's still so talented. And we've seen 
pretty good chemistry between he and Wilson earlier this season. So maybe he gets back on track. Keep in mind, we talked about this. He's had some tough shadow matchups as well. And that could be part of it. Not the case on Sunday. You're saying not, not the case on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, on the other hand, though, I mean, remember last year, he was a little bit hot out of the gate and that kind of stretched cool like enough. for a month. And then he was awful the rest of the season. So I don't know what that is. I don't know if that was their quarterback issues, which probably was part of it. Maybe he doesn't like the cold. I don't, I don't know. Like yeah. we, that was a, it was a pretty substantial drop off. Yeah. You know, what's crazy though, is coming into the season, like he has traditionally in the past had like a lower catch rate than other top wide receivers because role based. Yeah. Yeah. A, he goes down the field a lot. Vertical passes are a Mm -hmm. lot less likely to be completed and B his quarterbacks have stunk. Well, now he added by many people's estimation, one of the top, I don't know, five or so deep ball throwers in the NFL. He's got 35 catches on 62 targets. Not good. So mm-hmm. uh, I don't think this is a Cortland Sutton issue for the most part, by the way. I just love to see him get back on track. He's wide receiver 32 on my board, Judy, up at wide receiver 25. And then just a name to keep an eye on. Greg Dolchich, who just keeps being awesome for the Broncos. It's hard to find a good tight end, Mike, but Dolchich has sort of put himself on that radar. His worst weekly outing is 11th so far. So he's been solid. I mean, he's given you tight end one numbers, a touchdown or 50 plus yards in every single one of those games. So he's been he's been fine. Humor me for a second. Okay. Humor. My favorite thing to do. Let's do it. If you have Greg Dulcich yes. next week and you picked him up just as a stash ad and you also have Kyle Pitts, are you playing Greg Dulcich over Kyle Pitts? Yeah. At this moment? Yeah. I mean, we'll see what happens with Dulcich this week. We have more, in, you know, we can build more evidence, get a fourth game. But as of right now, probably, yeah. Yeah, it just, it, wow. I mean, things you would not expect. <laughs> Rookie tight ends doing things. We should do a segment like this at the end of the year. Where oh, my like, God. We're going to have Players that you should have taken yeah. over them. No, yeah. at the end just of the season, we're going to get in a circle, and we're just going to pray to the football gods that uh, the Falcons get a pocket quarterback. That's Thank what we're going to hope for. Right. And right, throw the ball. CJ Stroud. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. Is he from California? Is he from Atlanta? Where's CJ from? I feel I like Cali- might be California. You maybe Atlanta. Like Atlanta's got so many quarterbacks. Let's just go with that. Let's just pretend. Yeah, homecoming there for CJ Stroud. He's from California. Justin Fields is from Atlanta. He was the Ohio State quarterback that, of course, preceded CJ Stroud. Uh, let's talk about the Jackson Chiefs to find uh, This next matchup is our Week 10 Hot Ticket. Hot Ticket is brought to you by Vivid Seats. To celebrate November 11th, they're giving away $5,000 today on Twitter. Visit twitter.com slash vivid seats for your chance to win. Let's go. Jaguars and Chiefs. This game sort of feels fun to me, at least, between Mm -hmm. the Jaguars on the road going to Kansas City. Let's talk about the locks for this game. Travis Etienne, Christian Kirk, who's been heavily targeted of late, Patrick Mahomes, Juju Smith-Schuster, who's really coming on, and Travis Kelsey, who... He's also coming on. He just is the greatest tight end. He came on like 10 years ago. I was going to say, he has stopped. been awesome for like a decade. Uh, it's funny, again, no injuries to really report here. I think I saw, did I see Miko Arvin pop up on the injury report with a heel no, injury? Yeah, but that's sort of one sort he's of been, been managing, so okay. we don't really pay much attention. To okay, that. and Evan Ingram, I believe, is also on the injury yep. report. He's Evan, got a hip, maybe? Yep, Evan Ingram on the injury report, but I didn't get the indication that he's out. Okay, that's good news right there, because again, in the, tight end wasteland, in the tight end wasteland, we need to find someone that we can count on, and Evan Ingram has actually been okay. Okay, let's talk about Trevor Lawrence, though, Mike, because, again, this is a week we're all looking for quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. Trevor Lawrence, is this a good matchup against the Chiefs? Yes, it is, if only because he might throw 62 passes, right? Keep up with Mahomes. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So, uh, look, he's been boom-bust already. Nine games so far this season. He has five top 12s, four outside the top 20. So it's been kind of one or the other for him. Uh, He does have at least five fantasy points with his legs in three of his last four. So... Uh, that was something we talked about last week, right? He hasn't had a, a lot of passing touchdowns lately, but he has been running, so that has helped. The Chiefs have allowed 17 touchdown passes this wow. season. That is most in the NFL. So uh, 
the Jags are probably better than they seem because they've lost a lot of one score games this right. year, a ton of them. Uh, I think they kind of hang in this a little bit and score some points. I feel good about Lawrence as a streamer. What a moment this is for Trevor Lawrence. It is. Just take a big step back here because he was the quarterback build as like the next great thing amongst yeah. NFL yeah. quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes is the great thing amongst NFL quarterbacks. He's part of that elite tier, the Josh Allens and others of the world that are right there in that same breath as Patrick Mahomes. What an opportunity. This might be mm-hmm. the biggest stage that Trevor Lawrence has played on in his young NFL career. I've got him as quarterback seven. Mike has him as quarterback Nine, that Chiefs team, two things. They score a lot of points. So in turn, teams are to throw the football a lot against them. And they are playing three rookie cornerbacks, like very inexperienced mm-hmm. secondary for KC. Mentioned Evan Ingram, tight end 12 on my board, tight end 13 on Mike's board. Not a great week last week, but he had been solid. He was tight end five in the four weeks that preceded that. So Ingram, a little bit hit or miss, but who isn't amongst tight ends? Have the days passed us by, Mike, of starting any Chiefs running back? Right now, yes. The last time they played, Jarek McKinnon played 63% of the snaps. So it's going to be game script dependent. They were trailing in that game, and it was the Tennessee game, and he was on the field quite a bit. Uh, If they're ahead in this one in Jacksonville, you might see more CH. You're going to see more Isaiah Pacheco in this one, I would imagine. Again, assuming they're leading, they're obviously favorites. But uh, CH has been under 40 yards and 10 fantasy points in four straight games. He just can't be trusted. If you start him, you're just hoping for a touchdown catch or something like that, but he's just not reliable right now. They're using three guys. I would... Go ahead and, and bypass any Chiefs running back. Like, oh, yeah. some, one oh, yeah. of them may well score a touchdown this weekend, yeah. but if you don't have to start a Chiefs running back, I would do my best to avoid that. Uh-huh. An update on Josh Allen here in just a yeah. second. But before we get to that, Mike, Michael Hardman's been good recently too, not quite as good as Juju Smith-Schuster. Before you talk about Michael Hardman, I actually need to correct something because I was on, I just saw him on the injury report. I was assuming it was his heel, but it's actually an abdominal injury. So okay. the fact he's not practicing with something new makes it a little more uh, interesting as a potential absence okay. for him. So but if see he, what he's doing. If he does play, he has been good of late, Mike, but the target volume, not quite, like mm-hmm. Juju has just had crazy volume over the past three weeks. Hardman's been super efficient on solid target volume. Yeah, there he has been really good lately. Five touchdowns in his last three games. There are signs that it's fluky, though, because his playing time hasn't changed. He's right. been playing about 50% of the snaps all season long. He does have six touches in two straight games, 60-plus yards in three of four. But you would expect playing time and usage to uh, maybe take a dive here as Kadarius Tony plays more and more and more in this offense. He barely played last week. So uh, I've, I've been 37th. You do as well. He's a flex option, but not, nobody that we're feeling super confident with. All right. So as I mentioned, there is some breaking news here in regards ESPN Radio. Breaking news. You think this one's to find you? I was going to say by breaking news, you mean no real news. I was going to say by breaking news, we mean sorry, but not much to offer you. Apparently, Sean McDermott ruled out two players, including uh, their safety. uh, Jordan Poyer. Jordan Poyer. uh, Greg Rousseau. Yep. Uh, Everyone else still to be seen. Is there anyone notable? Yeah. The the word on Josh Allen was they are taking things one day and, quote, one hour at a time. Yeah. Yeah. This to me feels like, uh, look, they just don't want to reveal anything right now. And and they don't have quarterback. to. You don't have they to. They don't have to. So also, I think it underscores what you've been discussing, which is like the player wants to play, mm-hmm. and he's a tough, determined young man. Yes. Whether and he's allowed to play is a different question, but he wants to play. But the thing is, too, um, look, I mean, he could surprise us all, and he could play. We don't all want to be talking on Monday about boy, what if he'd just taken another week? So yeah. I think uh, it's it. The thing is, this is truly an injury that does. Can't, has the potential to change over hours and and 
days in terms of how much better you feel and the opportunity to go out there and prove something. Um, so maybe they're going to let him throw today. Like maybe they might let him progress and see how he does. But I just, I'm yeah. not buying it yet. Yeah. Gamesmanship perhaps in play uh -huh. here. By the way, here's the good news. If Josh Allen does play, you know what to do. You're playing Josh Allen, you're playing Stephon Diggs, and you're rolling the dice on Gabe Davis. We'll come back and talk about the Browns and Dolphins. This game's kind of sneaky fun in just mm -hmm. a moment, but first, Mike, tell us about Geico. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save money on insurance? So much. Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help, like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV, even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app. Available 24-hour roadside assistance and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. Make Little Caesars the official pizza sponsor of the NFL, part of your game day. Order online during their Pizza Pizza pregame one hour before NFL games and get ready for some football and fun. Choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza or pick the toppings you crave. Either way, you win. And speaking of winning... Everyone scores with convenient delivery of their in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during the tastiest hour before kickoff. Pizza, pizza. Today's podcast is sponsored by Global X ETFs. With rising oil and gas prices, alternative vehicle technologies are looking more attractive. Is your portfolio keeping up? At Global X ETFs, we offer a lineup that can provide exposure to innovative companies at the forefront of this and other emerging trends. Visit GlobalXETFs.com to learn how you can invest in these disruptions without pulling, putting all your hopes in a single draft pick. Like Kyle Pitts. Sorry. <laughs> Couldn't help myself. Browns, Dolphins, let's get to this game. We always start with lineup blocks, and there are a lot. This game really does feel sneaky fun to me. Lineup blocks for the Browns, Nick Chubb, Amari Cooper. On the Miami side, Tua Tungavailoa, Tyreek Hill, and Jalen Waddell. On the injury front, Stefania, a sort of sneaky big one, David Njoku, who's been really good for the Browns this year. Right, yeah. and we, we talked about, right when we were talking about his rise and how everybody should go out and get him, what happens? He injures his ankle, and at first we heard that it wasn't that serious, but Adam Schefter said they gave a timeline of two to five weeks, right. which is not necessarily gamesmanship that really does have that potential range, but David Njoku is still not practicing, and my guess is that um, it's not really looking like he's going to play this okay, week. Okay, so probably not going to have David Njoku, which might mean more Donovan Peoples-Jones. Talk about him. Uh, just I'll just mention him. Just like if you're in a deep league, at least 11 fantasy points in four of his past five games. Four of his past five games, easy enough for me to say, and he's a talented guy. Like He does pass the eye test. And it's a good matchup. We'll talk about his quarterback in just a minute. Yeah, by the way, he hasn't scored since week nine of last season. Probably DPJ? should have. A, yeah, he, he probably should have a few touchdowns this year based on his usage. So a little regression alert. There. Okay, we've, all right. There we go. We've seen them hit the past couple of weeks. All right. How about Joe Mixon? Yeah. Breaking, oh, yeah. breaking everything. All at once. Yeah. I know. Did it all at once. He caught all the way back. You're up supposed to week. warn us when that's coming. I know, right? yeah, Joe Mixon's on a bye this week. DPJ. Joe Mixon score. is on a bye this week and might end up being the highest scoring running back between weeks nine and 10 of the NFL season, right. even with one game off. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, so a lot of running back questions in this game, Mike. Let's begin with Kareem Hunt, who has had a weirdly reduced production, has had weirdly reduced production, but the weird part of the, I guess not the weird part, but the interesting part is that his role hasn't entirely diminished. Like he's still getting, he's getting double digit touches mm -hmm. per game. And I think he, like, is there a value here? Like, what, what would you attribute the decline in production mm -hmm. to? Is this unluckiness? Is it lack of passing game utilization? What, what, what say you? I think part of it is Nick Chubb just being so good. Awesome. Right. Yeah. That's part of it. But, uh, you know, 
it feels like leading up to the trade deadline, things started to kind of sink a little bit, and then he didn't get traded, and then it went back up. He had yeah. a season high 15 touches in the most recent game. He's cleared uh, 11.2 fantasy points just once in his past seven games, though. So still some concerns there. Uh, I don't know if he has quite the upside that he's had in years past. It just hasn't been there, and, and Nick Chubb's obviously stealing a lot of work, including at the goal line. So Hunt. Again, we have him ranked in the same spot, 31st, right? He is a flex option if you're in a tough spot. Hopefully, you have somebody with more upside or some more appeal, but that's just kind of where he's going to hang the rest of the season, I yeah, think. He, he might carry some weight in these next few weeks because of bye weeks, but yeah. otherwise, probably a player that has less upside than your normal starter. On the Miami side, here's where it gets complicated. I don't think a lot of people are choosing between Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson Jr., but can you play Raheem Mostert after what we saw last week? I'd, I'd be a little nervous about it. He was outsnapped 27 to 24 in Wilson's debut with debut, the team. Yeah. That was not uh, expected at all. A lot of the guys who were traded last week, including a guy like Chase Claypool, who was like the biggest name traded, was li- limited. Like a lot of these guys were limited. He was not uh, really at all. Or if he was, then he's going to take complete control of this backfield, which is really bad for Mostert. Uh, Wilson, number one in snaps and targets in the backfield, t- also tied Mostert in the carry department. This is a good matchup. The Browns fifth most fantasy points and second most touchdowns to running back. So I think Wilson is... Uh, a good flex, most are less appealing. Uh, he's played pretty well, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, I also think it was a little bit different of a situation because he could come and be plugged right in. I mean, he's yeah. just so familiar with Mike mm-hmm. McDaniel and also good buddies with Raheem Mostert. So, you know, there's like, it, it's not like they're not worried about feelings. They weren't worried about scheme. It was really easy for him to come in and, and get cemented right away. And it's something that he really wanted. So I think it will balance itself out a little bit more, which, you know, may not be ideal fantasy wise for anybody. But I do think that Raheem Mostert is going to have more value than you think. Okay. Let's hope so because this guy's counting on him in a couple yeah. of weeks. Not nine <laughs> carries, zero targets in that game. So definitely need more. You know, and Wilson had three. I think he had two targets, zero catches last week, did Mostert. Yeah. And then Wilson had three catches on three targets. Mm-hmm. So a little bit more effective in the air for Jeff Wilson Jr. last week. Last one off script here, Mike. Jacoby Brissett, sneaky mm-hmm. streaming option this week because if you go and you open up his player profile and you look at his opponent for this upcoming week, you see Miami. And you see in parentheses, 30 seconds, bright green, which means good mm-hmm. matchup. They're worst amongst all teams against opposing quarterbacks this year. Would you consider playing him? Yeah. If you need a streamer or one of these quarterbacks like Kyler or Stafford or Josh Allen's out and you need to find someone, he's not the worst option. He's had some big throws, big games this season. That's not a guy you're going to feel super confident in, but could he throw three touchdowns against the team allowing the most fantasy points to quarterbacks, a team that they may be trailing? Throughout this game, absolutely, for sure. And and also Miami's quick strike, so it can mean a lot of plays for the other team, too, yeah. for Cleveland. Uh, definitely definitely a streamer possibility. Revenge game narrative, too. Don't forget oh, don't that. don't forget that. Former Dolphins quarterback Jacoby Brissett. Yep. DPJ touchdown from Jacoby Brissett sounds pretty good uh, to yeah, me. It's happening. We're doing it. Okay, let's go to the Saints and the Steelers. This game being played in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh coming off their bye. Locks, fairly limited in this game. Alvin Kamara, Chris Olave. Pat Fryermuth. Oh, where's Najee? Where's Deontay Johnson? Mm. No major injuries. I don't think Stefania, because yeah. with the Saints, it's like, yeah, Jarvis Landry's still hurt. Yeah, and he's still limited in practice, and you probably won't know until game day whether you're going to get him or not. And the Saints, even as disappointing as it's been, still potentially just one game back by the end of the week in the division. So let's talk about Najee Harris here for a second, because first round pick last year. Had an excellent season in terms of overall production. Led all running backs in terms of carries. Wildly inefficient. I thought the calculus coming into the season was, all right, he'll probably still catch a ton of passes. And I don't care whether he averages 3.3 yards per carry or 7.3 yards per carry. I would love the 7.3 yards per carry, but I knew that he wasn't a big play waiting to happen. 
And yet it's not working this year, Mike. What's going on here with Najee Harris? Does he still have enough value to be inside lineups this week? I think he does because he has 14 or more touches in seven straight games. And that's a respectable number, especially for a guy who was a top five scorer last year. Uh, The question becomes, are these whispers we're hearing, these reports of more Jalen Warren real or not? You know, is that going to happen? Is this going to be a 50-50 split? Is it it going to be 65-35? What does that mean exactly? Because it's already been kind of 60-40-ish or or maybe 70-30-ish. So uh, we're going to keep an eye on that for now. If I'm 20th, he doesn't have a top 10 this week, but he's had enough volume to kind of of hang in that RB2 mix. So I think that's where he is. You know what it feels like? Remember a couple of years ago, like after Todd Gurley had a bunch of good years, he had that year where he was getting like 20 touches a game, but he just was like, RB 20 every yeah. week. It was like that's 18, him. 24, 23. 20. That's what Harris is right now. It's unfortunate. Or maybe Trent Richardson is another example of that. You know, after the Oof, big don't first make comparison. I was going to say, whoa, <laughs> because there is talk and Pittsburgh radio <laughs> is, is <laughs> Najee Trent Richardson 2.0. Yeah, right. No, so there's just enough there volume wise to hang in that conversation. Trivia, trivia for you guys. Okay. How long is the longest Steelers touchdown scored this season? Uh, pass, the pass longest or, pass, pass rush doesn't matter. Longest Steelers touchdown scored this season I'm nine like, yards. No, I was gonna guess it like in the 30s or something. 30 something yards. I have no idea. Eight yards. Oh, <laughs> eight, eight, eight yards. The Steelers have had not one big play that resulted in a touchdown this year. Really? Eight because I feel like yards. Deontay Johnson. Oh, he has no touchdowns. That's true. Mm. Yeah. He has spectacular catches. Right. He just makes cool coaches. Yes. Cool (laughs) catches and not touchdowns. So he feels due. Yeah. Right. I had him. uh, So overdue. He had eight last year. I projected him for four this year and I kept like, how is that? That doesn't add up for a guy with so much volume. But here we are. going to have to get hot in the second half. I know. I was too high. He actually has the most catches and most targets of any player in the NFL this year without a touchdown, yeah. a receiving See? touchdown. So I it's time like for one. Deontay Johnson to get yeah. one. And let's so. talk about him here for a second, Mike. Because of that, because of the inefficient offense, because of the fact that his target volume hasn't been quite as robust as it was last year, he slides from like a mid-tier wide receiver two to wide receiver 23 on my board and wide receiver 25 on yours. Yeah, five straight games outside the top 35, which is rough. The reason that I have him as a borderline lineup lock, I kind of struggle with that one. Sometimes there's guys like, is he a lineup lock? Yeah. Which I guess if you're asking that question, the answer is no. But it's still so hard to bench him because he's still their featured number one target. Not to mention good twenty percent good matchup. Twenty percent of the targets are gone with Chase Claypool, so they should just continue to funnel targets to really three guys downfield. I mean, you have Najee Harris out of the backfield, but it should be Fryermuth, it should be Johnson, and obviously it should be George Pickens. But I'm not sure. Like Pickens, you might think, well, he's going to get a big boost now in usage, right? Without Claypool, he was already hanging around twenty percent for a yeah. month and a half. So I'm not sure that's going to go up enormously. There's still plenty of room for them to funnel targets to Johnson, who, you know, even earlier this year was getting 10 plus targets a game. But I will say on George Pickens, not that there's an like, I'm not starting him this week. I've got him as wide receiver 41. You're at wide receiver 38. Right. One of the most interesting, like observation weekends here, because if he does have 10 targets this weekend, maybe the idea is that, all right, we have one less mouth to feed. And instead of dividing Chase Claypool's targets up, it's going to be mostly Deontay Johnson and George Pickens to benefit. I think that would be a good thing, certainly for Deontay Johnson. Colts Raiders, Stefania buckle up. <laughs> Indianapolis goes to Las Vegas. What a week it's been for Indy. Lineup blocks include, and again, big asterisks coming here, Jonathan Taylor, Josh Jacobs, and Devontae Adams. And if you're sitting there saying, like, I really have to play Jonathan Taylor, I think you do. He yes. is only RB11, though, this week. So he's outside our top 10 compared to where he was in the preseason. Not exactly the player that you had drafted. But injuries, Stefania, have mounted up in this game. Let's begin with JT. Back to practice, 
What is the outlook on him playing on Sunday? I think it's pretty good. Uh, this is uh, full practice yesterday. So I think as long as he comes back with no residual problems from a full practice on Thursday, this was kind of the goal. I think the team thought that he would miss last week and they were aiming to get him back this week. I do expect Jonathan Taylor to play and Deion Jackson not practicing. So it's not like uh, not looking great for him. And it's not like he's going to come in and take away from Jonathan Taylor. Interesting. Potentially. Yeah. So we shall see. How about my guy, Jordan Wilkins coming off? He went from not being on a team <laughs> to being on the practice squad all the th- when, within a few days to being activated, to playing a substantial role behind Deion Jackson in that yeah. game. You may have noticed he was wearing Roback in the locker room last week. <laughs> Might be the reason why he has been as successful as he has been. Love that guy. What a day it was, though, for the Las Vegas Raiders to find you. As Adam Schefter Oof. just kept breaking the news. Yesterday. Darren Waller, who, this is like, this was Stefania like playing her violin on Twitter, talking to us all season about these hamstring injuries that you just can't predict when they're going to go from unhealthy to healthy. And... I'm writing no my I'm him, writing but. this postseason story that I've been planning. Okay. It's writing itself as each week goes along because there's a reason that the NFL put four million dollars into a grant to study hamstring injuries, not only why they happen, but why there's such a recurrence rate of them. And so you keep hearing me say things like every club loses two to three players a year to a nagging injury. In other words, the player's still active, but they're up and down and up and down because the injury won't go away. We've already seen it with Keenan Allen. Now it's Darren Waller who goes on injured reserve yesterday as a result of this left hamstring that's been problematic since week five. And we've also got Hunter Renfro going on injured reserve because of a hamstring gonna, injury to go with his rib injury. Oh, so. I was going to say, with Darren Waller, you can just throw the ball to Hunter Renfro more. And uh, he's out too. Wait, has he, he been active this season? Hunter, Hunter Renfro? Renfro is out for that's the season. That's not nice, right? Mike. Did he retire? He's on injured reserve. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, so Hunter Renfro also going to IR. Also going to IR. So now, if Devontae Adams wasn't the... <laughs> target before. I think like, the projections around here. Mike be? has him for 39 this week. Yeah. 39 <laughs> targets. 39 targets, sure yes. Yeah. More so, let's just more seriously handle yeah. this then because there are two players now out, Mike. Someone's going to have to catch passes for them. Foster Moreau creeps up onto the tight end Raider, I mm. believe, this week. Do you agree on that? Foster Moreau into the tight end one Raider? Yeah, he's tight, tight end Raider, just general. Yeah, I mean, he is, but the thing is, even the past few <laughs> weeks, the targets have been respectable, but he's not getting yardage anyway. Like 19 he has targets a, over the past few Yeah, weeks. and the, the fantasy output has not been there. He's not scoring touchdowns, so if you're in a really tough spot, fine. Yeah. A two tight end league, yes, he should be on rosters, but it's hard to rank him higher than like 15th, right? So but more if of you a play tight end in a two tight end league, you're an absolute savage. You are a savage. <laughs> you play in a two tight end league. Like, who do you? St- how can you? How can you? Mark Bavaro starts yeah. like every other week in that league. He's been retired for 30 years. Um, so someone else, though, amongst the Raiders, like wide receivers, has to have a role, you would think, Matt right? Collins? Exactly. Matt Collins, Matt Collins? he of great hair be- and prefers know, not to wear sh- shoes. <laughs> he's been good this year, Mike. Yeah, he has been up and down for sure, but he should have a stable, uh, consistent targets. Now you would think probably in Former the Eagles six grade. to eight. Yeah, absolutely. Six to eight per game, something like that. But here's the thing. You might think, okay, well, Adams is the one. Renfro is the two. That's not the case. Matt yeah. Collins has been the two all season. He Even when Renfro has been healthy, right. Matt Collins has been running ahead of him on the overall end on the perimeter. So uh, Hollins gets a boost here maybe a target or two a game. And he's definitely on at least the flex radar right now. He's available in a ton of leagues. If you're in a tough spot in a 12 team league, he's not the worst guy to add to your bench. And by the way, great individual matchup. You presume Devonte Adams, Stephon Gilmore, maybe a shadow there. Yep. That, yeah. I would expect that. And uh, I'll say this though, the Colts overall, just terrific. Against Very good receivers this year. Right. No, so they're it's wasting not a, a good great defensive season. Yeah. They Let me are. say something yeah. here. 
It's like Denver. Same thing. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, we always make jokes about like, yeah, I'm sure so-and-so is listening to our podcast. This might be the one time where like an NFL coach maybe is familiar with our show. <laughs> so if Jeff Saturday, our, yeah. as of like five days ago, ESPN colleague is out there listening to this right now. Matt Ryan practiced fully yesterday. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sure did. You're auditioning for this job long-term. You've got a group, an objectively really solid defense. You've got an offense that is not performing nearly to its capabilities. I don't know if it's going to happen or not. He already said Sam Ellinger was a starter earlier this week, but I'd be playing Matt Ryan on Sunday. I I get it. I know he was bad. Nine interceptions, but at least they could like advance the ball past the first down marker with Matt Ryan. Mm -hmm. I think he, I think they owe it to the team to play Matt Ryan. I tend to agree unless there's just something we don't know. Like it's just Ryan just can't, there's something going on there I mean, that he's not you won't, there anymore. He's, he's he presumably have healthy. He's yeah. practiced in getting yeah. or getting healthy yeah. anyway. Healthier. You won't find you won't find a better teammate than no, Matt Ryan in football. I can't not. imagine he's like been a dog behind the scenes. Like maybe yeah. just maybe that happens. It wouldn't stun me. Put it that way. I know he said Sam Ellinger earlier in the week, but when someone asked him, it was sort of just like, yeah, it's going to be Sam again, right? Jim Irsay, I know you're pulling a lot of levers right now, but dude, if you want your team to be respectable, play the veteran. I know he's not perfect, but I kind of feel like too with with uh, with our friend Jeff going back there. So I have learned a lot about offensive line play from just talking to Jeff. One of the mm. benefits of working here is we have these colleagues, and so you can pick their brain all the time. Right. And he always talks about the chemistry and working together. And we know that the offensive line in Indy has been incredibly disappointing. So I thought maybe, just maybe, his focus is getting that group together because that's certainly a place where they're going to listen to him. He's going to have an impact. He knows what he's talking about. You get Matt Ryan back. You get a healthy Jonathan Taylor, maybe we can turn this offensive thing around. And I'll say this, Matt Ryan starts, which again, right now it doesn't seem like that's going to happen, but in case our instincts or our sort of our, our, our desire comes to life, I'll put Michael Pittman. If not, yeah. I'm fading him. It, yeah. It's just so bad right now. Right. So bad. Like that game last week was like, I didn't know if Matthew Judon played for the Colts or the Patriots last week because he spent more time on the Colts side of the ball than the Patriots side of the ball. Yeah, Pittman hasn't scored since week one. It's been a rough go. The targets were high when Ryan was there, but now with Ellinger, they're just not going to throw it enough. So I'm with you. I'd say right now it's probably like 50-50 on the week 11 starter Yeah, for them, right? Uh, yeah, I, I kind of wonder if this starter. week is too. I know. I'd like it to be now, but I kind of feel yeah. like it might too soon. week 11. Okay. Yeah, they so seem committed. Keep, yeah. This week, but we'll see. We'll I sure see. hope it changes. At I some do point. too. I do too. Cowboys Packers, Green Bay, of course. The Mike McCarthy reunion game as he goes back uh, to the team that he helped win a Super Bowl for. I think how he's about becoming Aaron Rodgers getting all wistful yeah. and well, talking about it. it. Well, hey, age, perspective, enlightenment. Yeah. But I think it's good. You know, I think uh, I think I think he should. They obviously Absence went pretty far together, fonder, right? didn't they? Yeah, Mike McCarthy gets a bad rap. He's sometimes easy to pick on, but. The guy coached a team to a Super Bowl. He's won a lot of football games as a head coach. Lineup locks you just saw. CeeDee Lamb, Dalton Schultz, and Aaron Jones. Assuming he plays. We'll ask to find him about that here in a second. As the injuries are also a big question mark in this game, Stefania. Zeke, Aaron Jones, and Romeo Dobbs. The easy one here is Romeo Dobbs, right? Yeah, Romeo Dobbs is not going to play. This was an injury, a high ankle injury that, you know, he was carted off. He was on crutches and a boot. We're we're not going to see Romeo Dobbs for several weeks. Okay. How about Zeke? We think he'll play because he's been banged up as well. This one's super interesting to me because I think Zeke, who's usually pretty confident about his ability and his readiness to go forward, has been very much hedging about his knee. Kind of like one day at a time. 
I think he's lacking a little confidence in his knee right now, and it was not an insignificant injury. Bone bruises get overlooked all the time, but that means you have bleeding in the bone. This was the same knee he had injured previously, and I think he learned from last year that trying to play hurt just did not work well for everyone. So uh, I don't really know where he stands. I think it's very iffy. On the other hand, you have Mike McCarthy talking about how he's looked great in practice, and they didn't see any hesitation, nothing from the eyeball test. He feels good about him. But when the player sounds apprehensive, that actually makes me a little bit more nervous. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised. I think this could go either way. It might be one of those, let's take it up to game time because he could feel more confident as a couple days go along. So then how about Aaron Jones? Because on the other side, another starting running back in question. Yeah, and Aaron Jones, remember, got injured third quarter, left the game, came back to the sideline. But we had heard from Adam Schefter that they didn't think it was serious, and it does look like Aaron Jones will play. That's good news right there. So let's talk through a couple of these question marks. Mike, mm-hmm. your projections came in lower for Dak Prescott than I expected. Me too. You always have good reasons for it, but you and I have a Six slot difference between Dak. I have him at 12. You have him at 18 right now. Yeah. So the last time we saw him, he was QB4, right? He had a, a good week. A lot of that was with his legs of five for 34 and a touchdown. Uh, he's been under 30 pass attempts in every game he has played this season. Now, week when he got injured, he's only played a few games, but I thought when he came back, we'd see more of a high volume pass centric offense. And game script's part of it, but yeah, their defense uh, they're still, still calling a run heavy offense. And that obviously is going to limit his output a little bit. And the other part of it is, Say what you want about the Packers offense. The defense is terrific, right? You know, they've had some injuries. I get that, but they've still allowed the fifth fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks. No quarterback has reached 20 fantasy points against them this season. Only two have even gotten to 16 against them. So if you figure that's probably the ceiling for Dak, is he a starter? Maybe again from like six to 20, it's basically the same guy, right? right. It's kind of a lottery yeah. ticket, a quarterback right now, but uh, the more I looked at him, the more I was was not really interested in starting him. This I'm week. just, I, you know, Mike, everything Mike does is extremely well-researched and thought out, and all those numbers support a lower case than what I have. I just feel like I saw something the last time that we saw Dak, a mm-hmm. rejuvenated, confident, ready-to-make-a-big-push player for this Dallas Cowboys team that it's going to be hard to catch Philly because Philly is undefeated and so good. But Dallas has the look of a team that's ready to make a deep playoff run. I've got Dak at quarterback 12 this week. If Zeke does play, we've got the two Cowboys running backs smashed right next to each other in our rankings. Both sort of flex considerations. Obviously, if Tony Pollard gets the start and Zeke is out, you'd feel very confident in Tony Pollard. He'd be probably a top 12-ish play, I would think, based on what we saw last week. I mean, last time we saw three touchdowns. Yeah, Yeah. pretty good. Yeah, he'll be fine. Um, And then... A.J. Dillon, in the unlikely event that Aaron Jones sits, obviously would be a strong, strong option. If he does not play, he rests outside our, excuse me, if Jones does play, Dillon rests outside our top 30. Alan Lazard, going to play again, it sounds like, and he is right there as a top 20-ish wide receiver. Oh, yeah. He's been awesome. He yeah. just catches touchdowns. That's all he's he does? The he's the trusted one. The lizard. He just keeps <laughs> catching touchdowns. Let's go to Cardinals and Rams. This game being played in Los Angeles as far as lineup blocks go. Most of them come from one side. Kyler Murray, more on him in a second. DeAndre Hopkins, Zach Ertz, all for Arizona. And then, of course, Cooper Cup for the Los Angeles Rams. But two quarterbacks in question here, Stefania. Let's start with Kyler Murray. Yeah, the NFL doesn't like this. When when the quarterbacks are injured, that is not fun. And Kyler Murray dealing with a hamstring injury, had everybody nervous on Wednesday, was practicing on Thursday. So 
I still think Kyler will be available. We don't know how serious this is, though. And running is so much a part of his game that you wonder if it will change the way he plays. And how about Matthew Stafford, who, of course, not on the fantasy radar, but still helps the rest of the passing offense? Well, yeah, it changes the game if he's not playing and he's dealing with being in the concussion protocol. It's sort of interesting. Didn't appear in the protocol or listed, reported until Wednesday. Uh, But Sean McVay noting that he had some symptoms afterwards that when the medical staff was checking in with him after the game felt like he needed to go through the phases of the protocol. So one of those where they didn't officially diagnose it as a concussion, but they felt it was prudent to go through the protocol. And as a result, that means he has to clear all the steps before being eligible to play. All right, Mike, let's talk about just if he doesn't play, Cooper Cup just drops maybe a slot or two in wide receiver ring. He's not dramatically, right? Yeah, I you could start and I'm starting Cooper Cup. Like, okay. how do you bench that guy, right? I mean, you're gonna, if you start, you're going to throw it to him like 20 times, not right? Not bad. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, I, I, I think as anyone I say, would, right? As I said last week during the game, I have no clue how Cooper Cup is the only thing that matters in the Rams offense, and he's always wide it. open. I know. It I, makes I, I, no I, I, sense to me. Like, I, I know. Put my, three guys on him. Literally, box him, one him. I don't care. Do whatever it takes to neutralize him. It is. Let yeah. somebody else it's beat incredible. you uh, in that offense. On the on the uh, Cardinal side, I thought that what we saw from James Conner was pretty instructive last week. Might be back. He's healthy. That's all good. And he was the guy last week. No, Eno Benjamin. He was kind of relegated to a backup role. That's exactly right. 72% of the snaps, 44 snaps out of 61. I didn't expect that. I thought they limited him after missing essentially a full month and considering he's mi- he's left multiple games injured this season. So that surprised me. Uh, it's That's good for his value. Of course, that's why we have him ranked as a borderline top 20 play, but he hasn't scored since week one. Yeah. He's one of the running backs yeah. with the highest likelihood to leave the game injured because we've seen it from yeah. him so many times over that's- the the years and think we about this. We need a this. stat about that. This was the most, I mean, this I, was, could, this, could there have been any more obvious? And I know that some in the community disagree with me. This was the most obvious regression bust yeah. player in all of fantasy. Touchdown wise, but also without Chase Edmonds and only Eno there and oh, they signed Daryl Williams late. You thought at least he would be playing 70% of the snaps this season. Yes, right? but st- like inefficient runner wasn't going to score nearly as many touchdowns was going to miss at least some games because he has in every season of his career most o- DeAndre Hopkins back and play like most obvious regression candidate in all fantasy. And now by, by the way, he's fine now, right? He's a low end RB two consideration. Yeah. And go ahead. we should have, we should have known on this one. I guess so. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. There was just a lot of positives there too, for when he is on the field, but uh really tough matchup, by the way. Yeah. Uh, the only running back to reach 15 fantasy points against the Rams this season was Christian McCaffrey. He's the only one to do it. So it was he play for 49. Okay. Yeah. How's that feel to say? Oh, Pretty good. So good. <laughs> Um, and then for the rest of this game here, Ronda Moore right in that wide receiver three, four radar over the past couple weeks. He's been really good. He's actually been wide receiver seven over the past two weeks. Yeah. Big thing for here is like, just play him in the slot, Arizona. Like let him yeah. be a guy playing at or near the line of scrimmage. Don't be throwing vertical threats, shots down the field to him or goal line fades. Like, that's not what Ronda Moore was built for, right? Yeah. Eight plus targets in four of his last five. The exception was one game, catch for 31 yards against played, Seattle, right? The game he played on the perimeter. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Here's a good idea. Like, Hey, we have um, we have Mike Evans and we're gonna run like nineteen bubble screen to them. No, yeah, right. he's six foot five, two hundred and thirty pounds. Like let Mike Evans be the dominator that he is. Oh yeah, good job by you, Tampa. Uh, if you're playing a Rams running back, my best to you. Good luck. Do we think Kyron Williams will play on Sunday though? I would love to see Kyron Williams play. I mean, we don't know yet. Yeah. They're they're still guarding it, but yeah, it's pretty. I mean that that window's open, right? So it's this week or next week. Here is I the think. only way that I would play a Rams running back this weekend is if Shefty pops on fantasy football now on Sunday morning and, and his long Kyron shot Williams is Kyron is like, You know what? Actually, 
I think that is going to be his long That's shot. That's my guess. I thought, I thought about it yesterday because I was listening to the show. Uh-huh. And Chef is funny. He tries to keep a secret, but he like reveals yeah. himself. He's like, and this team really believes in this player. Yeah. And, you know, he was giving all the clues. And I was like, the last guy he talked about like that was Kyron Williams yep. when he told us to go pick him up. Mike so, texted maybe. me after wondering who I thought it was. And our guest <laughs> yeah. was Kyron Williams. Yeah, that was our so. top choice. We had a couple. couple. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. So if, if he so does, go get if Shefty gives you the endorsement, yeah. I will consider it. Otherwise, Nope. And Tyler Higby, sorry, you're also on my bench. He has three catches over his past three games. Yeah, what a fall, right? 9.6 targets per game before it's this not recent. His fault. I mean, they just stopped you. They went, they've done this before. Remember that kind of Don breakout Cold. final yeah. month of the season yeah. uh, where he kind of broke out? And then the next year, we kind of ranked him as a tight end one. And then he wasn't used, right? They used Gerald no Ever. Like, uh, I, un, unreal how they utilize him. Chargers, so, 49ers against Stefania's 49ers. A lot, mm-hmm. of in, a lot of lineup blocks in this game. This might be the busiest lineup block that I've seen in quite some time. Uh-huh. And there's some players injured. Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, if he plays, he's not going to play, though. Gerald Everett, tight end, he's been awesome for the Chargers, especially when Keenan Allen has been unavailable. Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, and George Kittle. But a lot of injuries here, Stefania, most of them on the Chargers side. We don't expect either of those two starting wide receivers to play, do we? Um, you are Keenan talking Allen, about, Mike Ke- oh no, Mike Williams is out, out, out. Keenan Allen has been up and down as we've talked about this hamstring injury before and still not practicing. Not Remember practicing, he yeah. said this time, I'm not coming back till I'm hundred percent. When he came back and played last time, he said he felt great, but he knew he couldn't be fully explosive. So he really wasn't a hundred percent. There's this sense now, and this, this happens. I'm telling you, this happens with athletes all the time. If they start to feel that apprehension in their hands, they're like, Nope, Nope. I want to feel like I'm a hundred percent and I can totally cut loose when I get on the field. Unfortunately, that's not always easy to predict. Does sound like though that they will have Debo Samuel on the San Francisco side here. Yes. Sounds like Debo will be back. He was a full participant in practice. He too coming off a hamstring injury. So always a little bit nervous, but Debo talking about just how exciting it is for him to have Christian McCaffrey. I bet he's like, thank goodness. Cause in a way it alleviates some of the workload pressure on him yet. They can still both be fully productive. Uh, Mike on the charger side, assuming Keenan's out, does Josh Palmer enter lineup lock territory or is the matchup that bad? I think you would have a hard time benching him, especially based on what we saw last week. 10 targets, 106 yards. He has 23 targets down his last two games. Yeah, I mean, really the productive. number one target, really, for Justin Herbert. You're benching that player? No nope, way. I'm no not. way. Yeah. And we got to start. Deeper league, I do think that, once again, DeAndre Carter mm-hmm. sneaks on to that flex rate. Or in a deeper league, only just because yeah. the volume should be good. He had five catches last week. Not a big touchdown threat DeAndre Carter is, but still a useful player in that offense if you are stretched thin for options. Talked about Jimmy G, though, Mike, a potential streaming option here. The Chargers defense, not as imposing as you might have thought coming into the season. No, and injuries have obviously ravaged them, especially on that side of the ball. They barely had J.C. Jackson. That's been uh, huge, but they've allowed 13 passing touchdowns. It's ninth most in the NFL, and Jimmy Garoppolo has exactly two passing touchdowns in four straight games, and he now has his big four together, right? He has Kittle, McCaffrey, Ayuk, and Debo Samuel. We all expect them to be healthy and involved in this game, and who knows? Maybe now Garoppolo, instead of throwing one touchdown a game, is throwing two or three a game because of the tools he has around him. So I'm excited to see this 49ers offense. I'm as excited as Stefani, but excited <laughs> nonetheless. And it is Nobody's a respectable matchup. How close is Brandon Ayuk to becoming a lineup lock? Very he, close, right? He's close to reason. He's not. And his yardage, his yardage the last three weeks are 83, 82, and 81. And he has three touchdowns during that span, six or more targets in all of those games. The reason he's not is because... We Debo haven't was seen gone. the four. Yeah. Exactly. We haven't we seen, haven't him seen them all together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a little, there's a little Mike Williams worry with me there, right? Is he going to be a little boom bust now with him? You know, if it's working with McCaffrey or, you know, they're able to run with McCaffrey or it's a Kittle game yeah. as we've 
come to learn that right. he's really boom buster or it's a Debo game, right? Uh, Ayuk could disappear at times. That worries me a little. I'm so excited. Sunday night football. Oh, it's going to be <laughs> what, what a great football weekend. No you have competition. For You've that a great game. football weekend. Sunday You've night. got Saturday. Yes. Uh, Princeton plays Yale. Undefeated Princeton <clears throat> is playing no at yeah. Yale. Yeah. And that it will feature Andre Yosevas, who just accepted his invite to the Senior Bowl. Yay. So excited to see an Ivy Leaguer going to the Senior Bowl. It's fantastic. Yeah, first time in six years. Yeah, wide years. receiver. First Ivy yes. Leaguer in six years. He will be so. your next big fantasy star. Respect to Andre. Can't wait to see him down there in Mobile. And go and, Princeton. Yeah. Let's go undefeated and win the Ivy title. Beat She's not Yale. A She's your favorite girl. Wesley has a chance to upset Trinity's perfect season. Well. See? There you go. Hartford, okay. Connecticut, the place to be tomorrow for some good football. <laughs> Let's wrap up our previews with Commanders. With the Commanders going to Philadelphia. Mike's hometown to play the Eagles. Mike's preferred team. They are undefeated. This is never lost. Mike's big football That's game. That's right. Yes. Lineup yeah. blocks here. Terry McLaurin, Jalen Hurts, Miles Sanders, A.J. Brown, and Dallas Goddard. A lot of players on that Philly side. And Mike, I just want to make something very clear. Terry McLaurin may draw the Jalen, uh, excuse me, the, I was going to say Jalen Hurts. He does not play quarterback. <laughs> Darius Slayshadow, he's actually handled that pretty well recently. Yeah, he was fine earlier this season. I believe he was over 100 yards in yeah. the first meeting, so he's been fine. Uh, before that, Slay had his number a little bit, and then McLaurin has kind of picked it up as of late, so I'm not too worried about it. The Eagles, obviously, their pass defense is fantastic. That makes you nervous about this group across the board, but McLaurin... <laughs> The volume he's seeing, especially with Taylor Heineke, you could start him. Uh, and Stefan, your injury front, only one really here, which is J.D. McKissick for yeah, the Commanders. Yeah, didn't play last week because of a neck injury and has not practiced yet. Granted, Monday night game, you only have the one day Thursday practice, but um, so far there's nothing positive as far as J.D. McKissick for this week. As far as cons- uh, question marks in this game are concerned, Mike, Antonio Gibson kind of has, I think, settled in as the running back that you would prefer to play for the Commanders mm-hmm. continues to be very busy in the passing game. Yeah, he has 13 or more touches in three straight games, has hit 16 fantasy points in two of those outings, so he's been solid. And last week without McKissick, the snaps were actually a little closer than I thought. I thought Gibson yeah. would have a wider gap, but it still was at 34 to 28, and in pass routes, 18 to, 18 to 9 in that department, yeah. so he will be the primary pass catcher if he sees four or five targets, which is in range, as well as 10 to 12 carries. He's going to be fine from a fantasy standpoint. I have him 29th on my board. Actually, I think I moved him up a little bit with McKissick now looking doubtful. So I'll probably end up closer to 20. Uh, and then as for Brian Robinson, again, you're hoping for a touchdown. You're probably looking at, again, like 12 carries and maybe a target. If you're lucky, you'll get a target out of him. Yeah. You just need a touchdown if you start him. More appealing as a flex and non-PPR. Two number two wide receivers are sort of question marks here. Curtis Samuel, lower ceiling, I think, than Devontae Smith, which is why Samuel is much closer to wide receiver 40. Devontae Smith, I mean, it's... I think we figured it out, right, with Devontae Smith. And by figure it out, I mean, we have no clue in the sense that, like, super talented, right? Plays an effective passing offense, but it's hard to predict when he's going to have dud games. It seems that he does not have a lot of, like, six for 72-yard games. He seems to have either, like, eight catches for 107 yards and a touchdown or two for 22, like, last week, which is why he nets out as a wide receiver three Maybe a strong end wide receiver, two in a deeper league. He's wide receiver 26 on my board. Yeah, under 45 yards in four of his last five games. He's had some explosive big games, and they've kind of come when A.J. Brown has had a down game, right? But narrative possibility. Uh Uh-oh. 
he turns 24 years old on Monday. Wow. On Monday. So could 24 this be fantasy a, points on his 24th birthday. Oh. Could, this be a, could this be a Devontae game where they're like, all right, AJ, we're going to give you wow. a break, get some the ball in the Smith's hands? Maybe. If it happens, Maybe. you guys can all credit Mike Clay for having that. <laughs> no, credit uh, ready. Kyle. I think Kyle. Kyle, Kyle Soppy Kyle? gets credit. Yeah. For that Shout one. Uh, good stuff. By the way, Kyle told me yesterday he took German for like several years back in the day. Kyle, do you have any phrases that you can <laughs> recite right now to wrap up the show here? No, of course I don't. That was 15 years ago, Phil. I've, like, I can understand it to some degree, and like on the broadcast, maybe I'll hear a thing. But if you're going to get me to speak German, you're crazy. Isn't okay. Eins find dry zufen. Isn't that like the drinking cheer in Germany? I mean, of course, the, the most German worldly also. person I know, Stefania, can just bust out some German on the spot here. I just no. tried this. Somehow that's. Uh, she was counting. That was a good start. Yeah, it's one, two, three, drink. I yeah. think that's what that is. Like, I, which is an Griffey important thing like, to know if you're going to the football game that's going to sure. be At in Munich. Gets, I think, is a phrase. That's, that's, I don't know. That means like great job or something. I don't know. I, don't know. I'm, I'm, I know I the drinking phrase. Clear, yeah. Make of that what you will. I was going to say, Stefania, <laughs> uh, the uh, Yale game tomorrow, Yale Princeton game tomorrow, sounds like it could be a lot of fun if you uh-huh, go yeah. tailgate. Sorry, with Stefania. That's right. Be there early. Good luck to the Princeton <laughs> Tigers. More importantly, good luck to the Wesleyan Cardinals. Upset City. Let's go. We are back on Sunday night. Uh, you'll have the podcast Monday morning. In the meantime, though, Fantasy Football Now will be available. Uh, 10 a.m. Eastern time. We're going to start on ESPN2. Flip over to ESPN News for the back half of the show because of the F1 race. But we promise we'll give you all the stuff that you are used to for Mike and Kyle and Stefania. I am Field. We'll talk to you guys again on Sunday. Thank you again to all of our veterans for all yes. your incredible Thank service. Thank you for your service. Thank you. no secret, not a mystery, the one that we depend on for all our podcast needs. Graduate, full sell you, Alliance fan through and through, with the hippest beard I'm telling you, he's dead.